Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Well, family, we've been in this series called Choose Joy, and I, I pray that you've been enjoying it as much as I have. I have been loving this series. It's been a lot, doing a lot in my heart of just having to intentionally choose God in the season where sometimes it's so hard to look to God. It's easy to look to all these other things around us, trying to find joy and trying to find satisfaction. But Philippians and, and Paul would write to us and encouraging us in a time of need saying, look, no, 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 keep choosing God. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to intentionally run after him together. So if you would, go ahead and open your Bible with me in Philippians chapter 2. That's where we'll be this morning. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. Uh, hear now the reading of God's word. And before we do that, you know how we do it. If you got it, go ahead and say got it. Write it in the chat. I- I'm paying attention. I- I'm giving you a few moments. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. Hear now the reading of God's word. The text says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent. Children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of God, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with you, like always, like you, likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. The word of God, amen. Today, I want to preach on this topic, stand firm and choose joy. Stand firm and choose joy. Before we go any further, let's pray together. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for just who you are. And thank you for a church family to be with. Uh, Thank you for your word, God. And to that end, I ask that you would speak with my mouth, that you would think with my mind. That you would decrease me, Lord, so that you may increase in this place. Let your word fall afresh on your people, wherever they may be. Although we're scattered, church, God, we're still able to come together. So we thank you for technology. God, I ask that you have your way right now. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we all said together, amen. Amen. Well, family, you ever heard of the, the boy that caught, cried wolf? Yeah, y'all know the story of the guy who cried wolf. He would always scream out, wolf, wolf. And as soon as the people would come and he, they'd find out that he tricked them, uh, he'd say wolf, and there's actually not a wolf. And the problem with that is that there was one day when he actually cried wolf and nobody came because they were tired of getting tricked by this boy that kept crying wolf. You know, the, the essence of the story is stop crying wolf, stop 
calling out something as if it's true or saying it's true, but really is not true. Follow me with this. I I tell my kids this all the time. When you get hurt, stop screaming and yelling like bloody murder. Stop screaming like death run over. I, I mean, every time you scream, I react to it. So I come to your rescue and then I find out it's nothing. You you got a little scratch or something, and I'm like, every time you scream and I find out there's really nothing, I get more desensitized to your screaming. And yeah, I know, I know. Some of y'all like, that, you a bad parent. No, 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 you got to get my logic with this. Look, if you break your arm, then the scream should be different than if you got scratched. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not the same scream. And so in essence, I tell them, y'all got to stop crying wolf. Because something's really going to happen one day, and I'm not going to be there because I'm going to be like, oh, they're good, they're good, they're okay, and they're really hurting. I mean, and, and here's where I'm going with this, because I know somebody's sitting there saying, well, Pastor D, wait a second, wait, wait, where are you going with this? I, I don't understand how this correlates to the text. Well, I need y'all to hear me, hear me. There are too many Christians out here crying wolf. We're saying we're Christian, but when hard times hit, you put your Christian on the shelf and then you start relying on something or someone else. In essence, while you're out here claiming to be a Christian in the midst of good times and everything is all hunky-dory, everybody's looking at you and they're listening to you. But when the hard times hit and people really need to see a true God, they need to rely on something bigger and better than what they are seeing or what they're going through. Hence the season we're in of COVID-19. The Christian, guess what, is nowhere to be found. I know I stepped all into someone's kitchen right now. Let me ask you, what if the world was able to see true Christians, Christians that didn't cry wolf, real Christians that stood up in times like today for the world to see? And Paul, in this passage, he's urging believers to keep the faith and keep your eyes on Christ and show the world Jesus instead of our grumbling and our complaining. Y'all Christians are some of the worst people when it comes to complaining. I know I'm walking in. I'm in someone's kitchen. I know it. But in the words of Marshall Mathers, will the real Christians stand up? Stand firm. And choose joy. In essence, as we've been saying, choose God. Now, before we get into this text that we just read, let let me give you a bit of background and context here in chapter 2. We're going to spend a bit of time here. Paul Paul here, he begins chapter 2. If you've read it in its whole entirety, I invite you to go back and do that. He begins chapter 2 saying, if there's any encouragement in Christ or any comfort from love or any participation in the spirit. See, basically what Paul is doing right here, he's trying to draw the readers in their attention and he's bringing to remembrance what Christ has done when he gave up his life for them on the cross. And see, Paul has come from this place where he, he's encouraging them in chapter one and he's bringing them in his, into his place of pain and the fact that he's in a prison cell, but then he's there and people are still ridiculing him. And then in chapter two, he comes back and he says, look, 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 remember what Christ has done. He says, have the same mind or spirit as Christ. In essence, as he mentions in verse 4, he's saying, let each of you not look to his own interests, 
but also have the interests of others in mind. In verse 5, he, he plainly says this very, very plainly, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now, friends, you got to pay attention. The verbiage here or the language in these verses is very important because Paul is saying, pay attention to Christ and be like him. Don't get it twisted. He does not say that we need to be Christ. And no, 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 no. He says, have the same mind, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now, this is key because sometimes, as I've mentioned throughout this series, we can miss the joy of the Christian walk because we're too busy trying to be God instead of being like him, as Paul is telling us to. We think too highly of ourselves, and and instead of thinking of others, we're always caught up thinking about ourselves, especially in the midst of hard times. See, and, and here's the problem. When you only think about yourself, it, it becomes really small. When you think about yourself, here, here's, the, here's the issue. It actually causes more anxiety because somewhere along the line, you get to the place where you realize, I don't have what it takes. I don't have what, what it takes. I, 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 can't, I don't bring enough to the table. No matter how hard I work or no matter how hard I try, I still need something more because although I get more in my own power or I'm able to do this, I still have this want for more. I still, and I'm, I'm not satisfied. There's still a yearning for more. But hear me, you know why we struggle with this? You know why we struggle trying to be God instead of like him? Because we're all formed in his image. We're all formed to, to, to be like God. We're all formed in his image. And, 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 and if we're formed like him, here's the, here's the truth. He, he formed us to worship him. But instead of taking Christ's example, as we see in Philippians 2, the example of humility... Our individualized American lenses brew in us a spirit that says, I don't need God. Mm. I don't need God. And if I just work hard enough, if I pull myself up by my bootstraps, if I do this or that, I, I can get to where I want. And here's the problem with this. That mindset, that thought process either always fails us or leaves us wanting more simply because here it is. We weren't made to satisfy ourselves, but instead we were made to be satisfied by God. Choose God. Choose him, friends. But Paul in the passage, <clears throat> I love Paul. He tends to repeat himself because I think when he's writing, he's like, they're not going to get it the first time. So he, he knows that we're not going to get what he says, have the same mind of Christ. So he continues in verse 6 where he, he lets us know pretty vividly what Christ has done. He, he tells us that Christ being in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So what does he do? He takes the form of a servant or a slave, and he's born in the likeness of men. He enters into our world with us. Now hear me. I'm not sure, family, that we understand the magnitude of this verse right here and what's actually taking place. These verses are extremely important because if we don't understand who he is, especially as we're walking through a series where we're intentionally trying to choose joy, in essence, choose God. If we don't understand intentionally who God is or what he's done on our behalf, if we don't understand who he is. Hear me. I keep saying this because I don't want you to miss it. If we don't understand what Christ has done and his work 
and how he's accomplished his good in us and through us. If we don't understand that, then choosing God, choosing joy will seem pointless. It will seem more like a chore than a privilege. We'll miss it. In essence, what will happen is the, the, the Christian or the non-believer will we'll just start living the way we want, doing what we want to do. I mean, in essence, the, the non-believer, you're, you're kind of already in that place. You're not really living for God's glory. You're living for your glory. Even if you do good, it, it makes me feel good. And then the believer, on the other hand, somewhere along the line, in every believer's walk, we start to, to depend on ourselves and our own strength. We start to rely on our own selves instead of remembering who Jesus is and what he's done in our life. And this is why Paul in Romans 1, he says, verse 17, that we don't just believe by faith, but we're to live by faith. In fact, he says the righteous will live by faith. Now, some of you heard me say this before, but I need you to hear me again. Walking with Jesus is not like walking into the in and out quickie mark. Some, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. And, and Gary, we had these corner stores where you can walk down the street to a corner and, and you can go in and you, you get that hot pickle in the bag. Some of y'all go with me now. You get the hot pickle in the bag. You get your bag of chips and then you get the Kool-Aid box. It wasn't a box. It was a plastic bottle. It looked like a bomb. And then you can peel off the top and you just drink that away. You walk in, get what you want, and then you would leave out of the store. Y'all hear me? Jesus is not like the in and out quickie mart. Now, walking with Jesus is a miracle. It's never ending. It's continual. And it's important to understand this because in these verses, what you see is that because of sin, which sin, hear me, is the continual missing of the mark of holiness that God set before us. What is happening because of this missing of the mark, this sin, God has to continue to work in us and on us as we live by faith, forming and shaping us back into the image that he originally created us in, which was holy. Because sin is still here. And so hear me, because sin is still in the world. Although he's working on us and in us, there's still going to be problems. There's still going to be struggles that will always plague us until the day we die. And then when we die, then and then only if we believe in Christ, we'll actually be united with God forever and ever in eternity. But family, do you hear the tension in that? I mean, it's this here, it's that whole now and not yet language that I talked about last week. It's the fact that we're going through it right now. But there's a not yet that's coming. And in order to get through the now, the mess that we're going through, we got to keep our eyes on what is coming. See, that helps us in the now. We keep our eyes on Jesus and knowing that we'll be with him. It helps us through our mess right now. But hear me, that doesn't mean because I, I know somebody's like, but I'm going through it, Pastor. I'm in it right now. And so if, if we know that truth, it doesn't mean it, it means that we don't walk around without hope. But instead to believe and remain faithful and hopeful because to dwell with and believe in Jesus means that there's a bigger hope outside of this life. There's a bigger and better hope than what we can see. Choose joy, family. 
So to walk by faith is to trust in Jesus where his promise have, have, has never failed throughout the ages. He, which means that we have a hope in him that far outweighs anything that can happen uh, to us in this world or that's happening around us. So the believer can say in the midst of COVID-19, when you're going through it and problems hit you and you're going through the up and down and it seems like it's plaguing your world. No, 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 no. You're not going to take my emotions to a place where I can't get out. No, I'm still going to choose joy. I'm still going to have hope in God. Maybe that wasn't it for you. Maybe your finances are low. Maybe you're in a place where you feel like you can't get out of. Look, instead of choosing this, this emotional drift or this down and depressed place, the Christian can say, no, 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 I'm still going to have hope in Jesus. I'm still going to choose joy. Maybe you have a bad relationship or something that's happening in your life and you're like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. The Christian can say, even though this is happening, even though this mess is in my life, I can still choose joy because even though my now is messed up, my not yet is yet to come. And that's greater than my now. Somebody should be amening in the midst of their home right now. Paul says, trust in Jesus and remain hopeful because of what he's done on our behalf. He moves on to verses 6 through 11, and he says Jesus leaves heaven, a, a place where he was equal to God, and he comes as a servant, and he dies on the cross for others, and, the God, and, God, and that God has highly exalted him high above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven on earth, and he ends in verse 11, he says, every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Family, now, now the key here is key as we get into our text for today, verses 12 through 18. Hear me, because there's a reason I spent so much time in these first 11 verses. Because Paul, he, he's trying to get us to understand that when we serve and we live from a posture of humility, watch this. God, God takes notice and, and he's glorified in this. How do we know this? Well, when you look at the passage... It doesn't say Christ was lifted up when he thought of only himself. Uh, don't see that. It doesn't say Christ was lifted up when he's prideful. No, no, Christ is lifted up or exalted when he gives himself up. And Paul says, have that same mind. James 4, 6 tells us, as well as many other passages, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, hear me, this should cause a question in your mind if it's not already lingering there right now because this is an awesome truth that my, my humility glorifies God. He's pleased when I'm humble, or, but, 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 but there's also the, the question, though. I mean, I get it that it's an awesome truth, but how in the world is that helping me in this life, Pastor? So you're telling me my, if I'm humble, if I'm weak, I, God, God's cool with that? Mm-hmm. It's hard. Well, hear me because that's the common misconception. That's one of the misconceptions of the Christian faith is that to be humble means to be weak. I've shared this with you guys before, but to be humble is to be weak. And the reality is, no, 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 when we're humble, when we're weak, sometimes that's when we're the strongest because it's at that point that we're able to totally rely on God rather than ourselves. It's that place where you come to where you know you can't make it on your own and you can't do it anymore and you submit saying, I need someone greater. 
Ah, but that's where the problem exists. Because we start submitting to the wrong thing or the wrong person. That's why we're not humble. We've submitted ourselves to the wrong person or thing. And then what happens as a consequence is we start bringing all this baggage into our relationship with God. Oh, we bring this relationship with this man and this relationship with this girl and this problem with our job and this problem with our boss. And now we're bringing this baggage into our relationship with God. And, you know, we start treating God in the wrong way because we're treating him like this other person treated us. And so now our heart's all callous. And it's closed up and God all the while is sitting there like, man, just choose me. It's okay to be weak with me. I got you. Bible thumpers in here. He tells Paul the same thing in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. The guy who's writing the letter we're reading. Paul's playing with this thorn in his flesh. And he said, look, Paul, chill out, man. I know you don't like it, but, but chill. It's okay. You may be weak right there. But I'm strong in the midst of your weakness. In fact, fact, he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Family, this is key to understand because, hear me, if you missed it earlier, God, not only through Jesus, if you believe, has saved you from your sin, but he's continually working in you to free you from sin. He wants to transform us into the image he once created us in is holy so hear me verse 12 here when he says work out your salvation in the text with fear and trembling he's really telling them christian endure the process while keeping reverence for god what does that mean that means as you're walking along throughout this life don't forget As you start making it through these trials and you get over this hump and this thing in your life, don't forget that God is the one that's getting you through it. Don't forget that God is is doing the work. It's not I can do all things through myself. It's all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, So don't forget that it's God that's getting you through these spaces. Family, again, we have to believe by faith and then walk by faith. That's what Paul says in Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live, I live it now in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself over me. Hear me, family. Sanctification or this process of walking out your faith as a believer is far more about what Christ is doing in you than you just getting through and conquering your sin. Let me me say that again. The process of sanctification and God working on you is far more about what Christ is doing in you than you now having the strength to conquer your sin. That makes his work very shallow if it's just about you conquering your sin. Again, sin, sin will plague us until the day we die. We're going to struggle with these things in some more work, form, or fashion until the day we die. But it's not for us to lose hope. Instead, it's for us to keep trusting in God as opposed to leaning onto our own strength. That's why Paul says in verse 13, For it's God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Friends, I've told you over and over again, and I'm going to tell you again today, God 
is not done with us yet. He's not done with this world. He's not done with you or me, whether that's because we messed up yesterday or last week. He is not done with us. Continue to intentionally choose God over and over again, knowing that he's working in you and on you for his good pleasure, despite what you may see or what may be happening around you. Now hear me. As Paul gets into these, these next three verses and we round third heading home, this is where it hits home a bit for us right here. So I need y'all to listen in, lean into your TV screens or your computer or phones and listen right now, especially right now in the midst of COVID-19. Paul, he says in these verses, verses 14 through 16, look at it with me. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Don't miss these words. Paul is giving the people of God at Philippi instructions on how to stand firm. He's saying, choose joy. He's saying, don't grumble but be a light in the in a dark world. And you do so by holding on to truth. Don't grumble, but hold on to truth and be a light in the world. He says, make me proud. Don't don't let my work or my sharing with you be done in vain. Now, family, don't get what Paul is saying here mixed up with him being prideful and making it all about himself. I mean, y'all got to remember the context. Paul is sitting in a prison cell right now. And not only is he in a prison cell, but he's also in a space where, where he's being ridiculed while sitting in the cell. So hear me, Paul ain't making this about himself. No, what Paul is trying to say to them is say, look, look, don't let my suffering or Christ's suffering for your sake be done in vain. This faith, this man Jesus, this God thing is real. Choose him. But here's the real question. And we got to be honest. How many of us have been a grumbling mess in the midst of COVID-19? I know I'm, I'm all up in your living room. How many of us really have been a light to a crooked and twisted generation in this season? How many of us have actually held on to the scriptures? How many of us have made the scriptures our anchor right now, or have we just kept drifting along throughout our lives? As I said last week, if we took a snapshot of our lives, what would people see? Would they see a counterfeit Christian or would they see a true faithful believer? What would people see? Family. Now, again, this doesn't mean that we won't have dark hours or dark days or weeks because we will. We will have these times that Paul is urging a believer to hold on. Hold on because Jesus will be back. 
One day we will be with him, united with him forever and ever in eternity. But until then, he said, keep the faith and let others see your life. Stop looking every which way for hope and every, every, around every corner for joy. No, no, no. Choose joy. Choose God. And family, let me end with this because I, I, I can't go, I leave you without just, I, I don't know if you're getting it. And I can't leave you with you not getting it. And, and, and so I need to bring it home a little bit more. Y'all still with me? I hope you are. I, here, here, here's where we bring it home. I, I, I've always been something like a music junkie. I, I love me some good music. I love all types of music. I, I love the funk, the soul, the R&B, the rap, the Christian music. I, 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 love, I love all types of music. The only one I, I just can't seem to get or understand is bluegrass. I just, I don't know what that is. I just, I know we're multi-ethnic church. Somebody's going to have to teach me a little bit about that, but I, I don't know. Well, well, look, hear me. I, I'm sitting in my study one day, and I was listening to some old Sam Cooke. And some of y'all may not even know Sam Cooke, but trust me, some of y'all was made to him. I know I just said that on camera, but it's true. And Sam Cooke, uh, just good oldies from Sam Cooke. And I'm listening to it. And, and it's something about old school music, y'all. Old school music... It, it does something for you. They, they sang from their soul. They're, they're writing. They didn't have any ghost writers. A lot of time they're going through it and they're making these songs up and people can resonate with them because they're going through it with them. It's some about old school songs. Somebody should be amen and somebody knows exactly what I'm talking about. Well, as I'm sitting in this study of mine and I'm listening to Sam Cooke, he's got this, whole, this song called Hold On. And in the song, he's making a plea to a woman about holding on because although he may not be there with her, he says, I'm coming back one day. He says in the chorus, I'm going to sing it a little bit for y'all, so don't judge me. He says, hold on just a little bit longer. Keep the faith and let your love be stronger. Hold on like you promised to because I'll be coming back to you. That's the melody. He keeps going and he says, then I heard the other day that since we've been apart, someone has been making a play. Darling, it's still your heart, but I say, hold on just a little bit longer. Keep the faith and let your love grow stronger. Hold on like you promised to, because I'll be coming back to you. He keeps going in the song, and then he says, oh, his arms, his arms, they may be so tempting. And his smile, his smile may be so divine. And somehow, honey, he may remind you of me. But don't let his charm change your mind. All I want you to do is, y'all know it, hold on just a little bit longer. Keep the faith and let your love grow stronger. Hold on like you promised to, because I'll be coming back to you. You, you get the point a little bit, right? I, I'm trying to let my vocal cords warm up a little bit. Y'all get it, right? You get the words. And, and as ironic as it may be, as I'm sitting there and I'm studying the word of God, I heard this song and, and I began to think about Jesus and what his promise is to us. It, it's the fact that we may have many things going on in our life and there's many things happening in this world and many things that, are, that, that can bring us joy or temporary pleasure in our life. They may be making a play to steal our heart as, as Sam Cooke is saying and, and, and Paul pretty much is saying the same thing as old Sam said in his song. He's saying, no, 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 no. Hold on just a little bit longer. Keep the faith and let your love grow stronger. Hold on like you promised to, because Jesus is coming back for you. Uh, some of y'all just missed it. Let me keep going. He says, his arms, oh, his arms may be so tempting. 
The arms of this life, the hugs of this world, the smiles of this world may be able to offer something a little bit here and a little bit there, whether it be a little bit more money or a pretty woman over here or or a handsome guy over here. It may even look like Jesus gave them to you, tempting you, meaning they may look good, but it's never going to satisfy you for eternity. Friends, Paul is telling the readers in this text to hold on just a little bit longer. He's saying, hold on, renewal. When you flip on the news, hold on. When your world seems to be turning upside down, hold on. When COVID-19 and everything that, it, that goes with it, all the emotions and, and the depression and the down and out days, go. hold on, he's saying, hold on just a little bit longer. Hold on, keep the faith and let your love grow stronger. Hold on, hold on, because Jesus is coming back you family Paul is saying hold on hold on to choose joy choose God stay in the word of God and intentionally choose him stand firm Christian stand In these first two chapters, he's used examples of his suffering and Christ's suffering to say, we chose God for your sake. We suffered for your sake. We didn't have to. In fact, Paul is saying it it would have been better for us if we didn't suffer. God, Jesus even says the same thing when he's sitting in the garden of Gethsemane. He's like, God, God, let this cup pass from me. Because not only does he know that when I'm when I'm on the cross and I'm taking sin on myself and I die on the cross, it's not only be painful, but Jesus is going to experience something he's never experienced before. That's separation from him and God. And he says that that's not if you look at that family, that's not for his good. It's for our good. Paul's saying, y'all, this is real. The struggle is real. Christ is real. Christian, saying, don't grumble. Keep the faith. Hold on to God. In essence, choose God. Stand firm, family, and choose joy. Now, I know someone is listening right now and you're hearing this message and you're saying, it's the first time I really heard about Jesus in the gospel. It's the first time I've really chosen him. I've given my life to the Lord today. And thank you. Congratulations. Welcome to the family. And what we would love to do right now is pray for you. So if you hit that link at the bottom of your screen, the prayer, or you text the number 224-216-4062, we'd love to talk with you. Maybe that's not you. Maybe you're saying, man, I just, I just need prayer this morning. I'm going through it. We'd love for you to do the same thing. Let us pray for you. Family, wherever we are this morning, my desire and my encouragement to you, just like Paul in this letter, is for you to stand firm. Stand firm and choose joy. In essence, let's choose God. 
Stand firm. Stand firm. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your goodness. You're awesome. Thank you for your word. Sharper than a two-edged sword, which pierces to the heart of the enemy and also works on ours at the same time. God, I pray that we would trust you, that we would hold on. Hold on. Knowing that you're coming back for us. Let us stand firm, not on our own two feet and on our own strength or in our own power, God. But let us stand firm, keeping our eyes on you, Jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith. We love you, Lord. We pray all these things in your mighty name. And the church said, amen and amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 930 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.